right, welcome back to the Shadows of Jesus, a Redeemer podcast. My name is Jeff Martin. I'm now joined by Bill Jolly. Bill Jolly. <laughs> now we're we're walking book by book, verse by verse through yeah. through the whole Bible, and right. today we're in Second Kings. Mm-hmm. So First and Second Kings, two works for us, but originally just one, just just one work, Kings and. Um, last week we met this awesome prophet named Elijah. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the days of Elijah. Love that. Um, but he he kind of raises up his predecessor, um, this guy named Elisha. So it right. gets confusing. Elijah. Yeah, just remember alphabetical, and that's how they that's the order for these guys. Yeah. And uh, and basically Elisha just has a, a barbecue with his inheritance to show that he's all in. He's mm-hmm. he's going to give it all oh. to follow to follow this guy. So we're going to see it. Elijah fade out and Elisha. Coming to the forefront, yeah. But before we get to that, um, chapter one, we mm-hmm. we see this king, Ahaziah. Um, give it my best shot for pronouncing his name. But what what happens to him? So it starts off with him. He's the king of Israel, and he falls through the ceiling, has just some kind of accident, and gets injured. And so he sends messengers. He's trying to figure out: Am I going to live or am I going to die? Yeah. So and he sends messengers to to not. To acquire of God, but to Beelzebub, and I we I read that in, like I think Jesus at one point compared to him, and yeah. um, but it's Lord of the Flies, yes. And uh, so Elisha gets word that he's trying to go to this mm-hmm. other God, and he's like, like, what do you do? Like, is this because you don't believe in God, right. um, the Lord? And so he basically says, just go back. Don't even try to go to these prophets of of Beelzebub. Just go back and tell him he's going to die. <laughs> and yeah. so that's Elijah. Yes. And so when the king hears that, he's like, who told you this? And right. they describe this guy with like a leather belt and I mean, uh-huh. so a wild man from the wilderness. Right. And he's like, that's Elijah. Yeah. And so he tries to go figure things out. So he starts sending 50 dudes. What happens to the the first group of 50? They get fire falls down on them and consumes all the men. They're all yeah. dead. So he yeah. called fire down in first Kings chapter 18. Now he's doing it again. Then, yeah. then there's a next group goes up. What, what happens then? Fire. Fire. <laughs> They're so killed. Like all these guys keep getting barbecued. Uh, which makes me think about when when John and his brother, the sons of thunder yeah. in the New Testament are like, Jesus, you want us to call down fire? I wonder how much of them were they just thinking about this story? Yeah. Like, we, we read about this. Yeah. Do we have that? Right. And uh, but the third group rolls up and they're just trembling. Yeah. And, uh, and so Elijah's like, just go back and tell him he's going to die. Yeah. So, yeah. So he doesn't make it. Right. Second Kings or, uh, or chapter two of second mm-hmm. Kings. Elijah, everyone knows Elijah's about to be gone. Mm-hmm. Like he's, 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 his time on this earth has ran its course. Um, he keeps trying to tell Elisha to, to not be around him. And then Elisha's like, I'm not leaving your side. Like I, mm-hmm. your time is limited. I want to soak up as much of you as I can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, eventually Elijah's like, well, Hey, what, what do you want me to give you? Mm-hmm. Um, like, like maybe an inheritance. Like I think about like my, my kids are like, dad, when you die, can I have your guitar? Can I have your mountain bike? Like, <laughs> and so who knows what he's going to give, but what is it? What does Elisha ask? He for? asked for a double portion of the spirit and the power that's on Elisha's Elijah's life. Yeah. And Elijah's like, well, that's not mine to give. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can give you my leather belt, mm-hmm. but um, that's, so he's like, I'll tell you what, um, this is how it's going to happen. If you see this take place, then that's God answering your prayer with a, with a yes. And mm-hmm. so what is, what does he get to see? So he gets to see Elijah, Elijah being taken up uh, in chariots of fire. So, yeah, so again, fire, that's a theme of, you know, we see him fire falling down prophets of Baal, the 50 men. Yeah. And now fire and chariots coming to take him up. Yeah. And so, so it, it appears that Elijah never dies. Yeah. And I think in revelation, there's actually some prophets that die that appear to have never died. And there's speculation of whether or not Elijah dies. Uh, um, oh. 
during uh, during that time Armageddon. Wow, so interesting. Only obviously, to be raised wrecked, but uh, yeah, who knows? Interesting. Who knows? We'll get to Revelation <laughs> in December. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and we do see Elijah when, uh, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses and Elijah are the two men yeah. that, that come to to be there with him. Yeah. Um, and so after this, uh, Elisha's rolling. Now, a lot of prophets, from my understanding, had had long hair and probably had sideburns that weren't cut. You know, just like these long things. Mm-hmm. And here he is, and and he's bald. Mm-hmm. It looks like Mister Clean. Mm-hmm. And these these boys start taunting him. Right. And what happens? And so they're they're taunting him, and these she bears come out and. Kill mama, they, bear, mama bear, mama bear. Don't mess with mama bear. Uh, they come out and they they attack the boys, and forty two of the boys are killed. Yeah, so, so that's kind of one of the questions that came in was was about this. Like, is this cruel? Like, what is God doing? Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know a couple of things. One, these aren't second graders. Yeah, it's not like kids at the elementary school playground. These are these are these are probably teenagers. Boys that are old enough to be like a gang. Mm-hmm. Um, one, they're in a nation that's already been condemned. So, so they, they've already, um, but if, if justice is served, they already deserve death. So the fact that they're not dead is God's grace upon their lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so and I, any, any other thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it shows they're, they're mocking him, they're mocking God. And so it's just a very, uh, harsh, uh, but, but impactful, like don't, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. Um, not an easy story, mm-hmm. but definitely, definitely crazy to think mm-hmm. about. Don't go, don't go walk in the AT without, without some bear spray and don't make fun of any bald guys on the AT because you, <laughs> God might come at <laughs> don't, you. Don't do it. Um, mm. so in chapter three, Moab is rebelling against Israel. Um, the Moabites, we keep seeing them, this evil, this evil nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Israel asks, um, ask Judah if, if they'll help out. Like, mm-hmm. so Israel's like, Hey you guys, I know we're like separate kingdoms. We guys help. And we've seen this before. So they unite. Mm-hmm. So they're, 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 they're back together and, um, they want to hear from God. And so they find Elisha and what, what, what happens? Like, it's, what is it? It's kind of cool. He's like, bring me a minstrel. <laughs> and they, they, and so and a musician comes and begins to play and that musician's gifting with music creates an environment that's really conducive for, uh, him to hear from the Lord, what's going to happen? Yeah, it reminds me of it's like, hey, we're closing up the sermon. Like, hey, band, why don't you come back up and play some music behind this? Yeah, I love it. And yet for you, that's one of the ways that you love to worship. I do. I love like just putting on some music, and it really helps me to just create some space and focus mm-hmm. and connect with the Lord. So it's, and I think it's encouraging to those you know people that are listening that are musicians. God can use your gift as you play to create a you know an environment that's that where people can connect to the Lord. Yeah, in it, so. Yeah, I think I think God obviously cares more about the arts than maybe we give credit to. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that displayed here. Yeah. Um, also through David, man, what a poet. Right. All right. So um, basically after the, the music comes underneath, Elijah tells them you're going to be victorious. Mm-hmm. And now we start seeing in chapters four through eight, um, Elisha's ministry. Yeah. We, we see these miracles. Yeah. And so as we're reading about Elijah, mm-hmm. we read seven yeah. Seven things he did. And what did Elisha ask for? He asked for a double portion. And so he wants more power. Yeah. How many miracles do we read about with Elisha? It's 14. Looks like a, <laughs> so, like a little double portion there. Yeah, he definitely had that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so the first one we see is, is there's a widow, and she's in debt, 
and basically these collectors are going to come and, and take her, take her kids and make mm-hmm. them slaves so that they can work and pay off the money she owes. Right. She doesn't have a man, um, to protect her, which would have been, or to, to care for her, which would have been needed it in this cultural context. Mm-hmm. So, Elisha comes in as, as a man of God mm-hmm. for her, and basically they're able to produce an, a miraculous of amount of oil that they can sell, yeah. and then to collect enough money mm-hmm. to pay off these all debtors. their debts and live off of yeah. from there. So it just it shows you know God's generosity and his care, his care for the, for a widow. Yeah. yeah. What's the What's the next miracle? So after the next miracle, we find uh, a woman who's barren. And Elisha says, you're going to have a son. And a year later, she has a kid. She has a kid. What happens next? Uh, well, so he grows up and something happens to us. He's got this pain. Yeah, he's like, he's like, my head hurts. I'm like, it was, yeah. was it a, what are you, a, a, uh, an aneurysm? An aneurysm, yeah. Something. Um, so, but he dies. And so they, they go and they send for Elisha and he comes and he's able to. He lays out on him like, like a warm blanket, you know. Right. But he's touching a dead body, which is him. Not, yeah, unclean. makes you unclean. Yeah. Right. But he um, brings him to life. What happens? Like he wakes up and, and achoo, 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 just gets sneezes. sneezes I'm times. alive, man. Like I think there's something invigorating about a good sneeze. So yes. I'm, I'm, I, I can imagine this being like a good hearty sneeze. Yep. Um, mm. What a great thing to wake up to. And uh, and so after this, we see another another miracle. Some people are making some stew, and they find like they're like, like some poisonous looks- mushrooms or something. <laughs> like, let's just throw this in here. Yeah, and then they're like, "This is death, deadly. Yeah, like, there's death in this death in the pot." <laughs> yeah. And so what what does Elisha do with that? And so then he uh, pours some flour in there and purifies it and cleanses it, and so then, like, then they can eat. Yeah, it makes it uh, makes it good stew. And um and so after the deadly stew, we get to chapter five, mm-hmm. and we meet Naaman. Yeah, and like so he's he's. He's basically, he works with the king of Syria. Mm-hmm. He's got leprosy. And the the king of Syria um, basically sends him to to Elisha, or to Israel. Mm-hmm. And the king of Israel is like... Freaks out. He's, yeah, he's like, this is, you're trying to trick me. And yeah. so, um, but then Elisha gets word of it. And he's like, let me... I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this. And he goes, hey, go jump into the river seven times. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, I came all this way, and you're gonna take a shot at my hygiene. Like, I need to take a bath. Mm. Um, but eventually, his the guys with him are like, "What do you got to lose?" Yeah, if he'd have told you to do something like so much harder than that, you know, you would have done. He's like, just the simple thing, and and it's kind of the, it's a dirty river. So there's all these. He has this initial contempt for what God is telling him to do. Yeah. But then, thankfully, his servants, which and that's this whole story, you know, he the whole reason that he found out about it was because of a servant girl. Yeah. So the servants play a big role in getting this guy into what God has for him. Yeah. So he jumps in the river seven times and gets healed. Mm-hmm. And I love this story for me because I feel like we, we pray for people's healing. Uh, we've seen God do some cool things. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people just want it. They, they want it to just be like, Hey, just touch me and heal me and, and let it be. And I think that sometimes God does that, mm-hmm. but other times it looks like, Hey, it's going to take some work. Mm-hmm. And so for you, I want you to be healed, but like, Hey, like getting in the river seven times, you know, sometimes for healing to happen, you've got to put in the work of, all right, God, is there, is there any unconfessed sin in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, is, are, is there any, are there lies that I'm believing that mm-hmm. I'm holding on to? Um, are there wounds that I need to, to get into the open air to, and to allow you to, be, to heal? You know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes like I, I want to see people get healed. And I think if, if it's not physical, if it's not just a physical, like you broke your leg or you're sick because you're just a physical being, but if it's actually a spiritual thing that's causing a sickness or a disease or, or something in your life and you want healing from it, you know, sometimes it requires the doing the work of, of searching your heart, 
repenting, confessing, um, mm-hmm. and and if that's what's going on, mm-hmm. you'll experience healing. Yeah. If it's not what's going on, you're better prepared for communion. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It certainly yeah. didn't hurt. But, um, but I, I, so I, this was just an mm-hmm. encouragement for me that like, hey, God wants people to be healed, but sometimes it requires us to put in some work. Yeah. So yeah. any other thoughts Naaman. on that? Yeah. No, I love, it's a great, great, good story. Yeah. Good moment. Um, so then we, we're, it's kind of this messed up situation where Gehazi is like, mm-hmm. for like Naaman's like, can I pay you? And Elisha's like, nope. And he's like, can I take some land with me? Like the, the right. holy ground? He's yeah. like, no. <laughs> he was like, just put on some donkeys. I'd love to carry the land. Like it was if the land is holy. Uh, but then Gehazi's like, like oh, I'm going to go get some payment. Mm-hmm. So he goes to get paid. Yeah. And what happens to him? Well, they, and Elisha finds out and he gets, he gets the leprosy. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, um, and he keeps serving, as you said earlier, right. um, when we were talking before this, just, yeah. and it's crazy. Like he'd get leprosy, but he's still, still hard lesson out. for him. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't walk away. He doesn't get mad at God. He mm, still remains still faithful, there. even though he's dealing with the consequences of his actions. Mm. It's a lesson there. Yeah. Right. There you go. Um, chapter six, Bill, tell me, tell me a little bit about chapter six. What well, are the things so, that stood out yeah, to you in that one? The, yeah. So the miracles continue uh, in chapter six and they're the sons of the prophets, these guys, this prophetic group of men that are, you know, underneath of Elisha, they, uh, they need a bigger place to live. And so they're working on that down by the river, cutting down trees and a guy loses his ax head in, in the water. It sinks. And he's like, Oh man, I borrowed that from my buddy. <laughs> and, uh, and then Elisha says, Oh, hold on. And he makes it float. And yeah. just again demonstrates the the power that God had put on his life, and and also it shows you know God was taking care of really big things, but He will also take care of something really small. Yeah, that's, I think it's a big encouragement for me because so often I think we don't want to bother God with the small things. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like yeah, like He's got more stuff going on. I'll pray for the big things, but you know, but how like. God, where are my keys? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> we pray at the Jolly House. We pray for lost keys all the time. And and it's amazing how many times God has just, after we've prayed, then we go right to the spot yeah. where they are. So yeah. he cares about the little things. Great. Um, so what about, tell me about this, about being spiritually blind and, being, yeah. and, and having your eyes open. What, yeah, what again, happens in this chapter? Yeah, so, they're, so the enemy comes to, they're going to take, they're going to take out, they're looking for Elisha. They're going to get him. And his, uh, they, they're surrounding them and Elisha's servant looks out and says, man, this is not, this is not, we're, we're done for. And Elisha says, hold on, Lord, show him what's really going on. Elisha already had the eyes to see that the army of the Lord, the angels were, were there to protect them. And then he, his servant gets his eyes opened to be able to see that. Yeah. Um, so might be a good good idea for some song lyrics there. Yeah, I got, if Chris Tomlin got a hold of this story, I feel like it he might could do look, something with it. It might look like we're surrounded, but I'm surrounded yeah. by you. Um, I was thinking God of Angel Armies, but yeah, either way. All kinds of good. It's a great moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I think for me, I've mentioned this to, to some people, but every Sunday, I, I just feel that there's this presence of protection around our church. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a beautiful thing to have an awareness of this is a spiritually safe place to be. Mm. Um, it just feels, I feel like there's that spiritual sense of yeah. things want to come in and, and stop what God is doing, but God's protecting this, this church, this space. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if there'll ever be a day when I don't feel that, but, um, but every Sunday mm. I, I, it feels so, so yeah, prevalent. It's good. Yeah. There's a great, the, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Mm. And that's a great promise to claim. Um, yeah. It's good. Mm. Um, so then, Things as the chapter concludes, there's 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 famine. 
Right. And so what happens, what, like it kind of gets messed up. Do you it want to talk this? Want me to talk, talk about this? Oh, it's just one of those moments. And, and this was, you know, prophesied and they, and they were warned about these mm-hmm. things happening. Um, and in this case, we actually hear one account of two women who are, they're starving. And so they're they, starving to death. They're going to die. And so they have to turn to cannibalism and they, they eat one of their children. And they're like, hey, we'll eat my son today. We'll boil him, eat him. And then, and then tomorrow your son. your son. Yeah. And the lady, they eat one kid the next day. The girl has a change of heart. She's like, we can't do this. And she's like, well, yeah, we made the agreement. And it's like, yeah. it's just, it's just gut wrenching. Yeah. I mean, it's a horrible story. And we're seeing the, you know, these people and, um, and, and this is a good example in scripture where it's, it's descriptive, not prescriptive. It's not it's saying, describing how bad things are. It's not something that God took any pleasure in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shows us just how dire the consequences were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that gut wrenching. In chapter seven, um, Elisha promises food, mm-hmm. and the king, com- the king's commanders, like whatever, you know, yeah. and uh, and so Elisha's like, all right, um, you're going to see the abundance of food that's coming, and you're not going to be able to eat it. So then, um, for some reason, you know, the it's four lepers who are like, we're going to die one way or the other. Maybe we'll just go out to the the, the enemy army and yeah, we're going to go to the Syrians' <laughs> town and like, you know, see if they'll help. If they let us in, cool. If they kill us, we're going to die anyways. Right. And they go there, and the town's empty. Yeah. Just all like just like showing up to Disney World and just, like have access to all the rides, all the concessions, <laughs> and they're like, this is great. And everybody's left all their stuff. Then they start feeling bad. And they're like, what if we get judged for this? We should yeah. go tell Israel. So they go back. Yeah. And like, hey, like this town's empty, a bunch of food. And then so the commander is supposed to be in charge of the gate. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like a bum rush. Like the when gate people opens. People here, they just. And they're like, people are, and people are starving. They're eating their kids. So like, yeah. imagine, imagine like hearing there's food. So people are just rushing in a mad, um, you know, stampede. Yeah. And the commander who gets, gets to see all of the food available gets trampled and dies just as. Yeah. The word of the Lord came true. Yeah. For the that. The word came true. Mm-hmm. Chapter eight, there's this Shunammite woman. Um, she's barren. Mm-hmm. She's lost a son. She's had a son. She's lost a son who came back to life. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a guy, the king's like, hey, tell me about this Elisha guy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, so they're like, well, Elisha, you know, he raised the axe head and, yeah. and he provided oil and he raised this woman's son back to life. And then as he's bragging on the greatness of Elisha, who shows up? This woman. Yeah, yeah that's perfect what I was telling you about. Who's, yeah. needs, she's, she wants to get hurt. She'd been away for the famine. She'd gone to live in another country. And then she comes back and I, can I have my, I need my, my home back. And it's the perfect timing. It shows God's just a providence. providence and put her in the right place at the right time so that the king would be. It's you. All right. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the girl's talking about. Yeah. So give, give her all her, her stuff back. Mm-hmm. That's a cool story. Um, yeah, anything else good. from these chapters? I think those are the good good ones. Yeah. So chapters nine and ten, um, we just basically we see this guy named Jehu, who completely mm-hmm. wipes out the family of of Ahab and yeah. Jezebel. I mean, yeah. Jezebel gets assassinated, pushed off a wall. Yeah. Yeah, the eunuchs talk, throw her off, and it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's all to me. It's like, man, she was so evil, <laughs> and when you see that, it's like the the poetic justice of what yeah. happens to her. It's like, yes, you know. And they go down to get her, like, hey, she was queen. We should bury her. And like, it's like there's, there's nothing n- left, just, just bones. Yeah, and dogs ate her. Yeah, it's like don't 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 leave my hand, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that, what that mouth's yeah. been. And um and then Jehu starts tearing down all the stuff of Baal, takes the the place where they worship Baal and makes it a latrine. Yes, which if you don't know what that is, and when I was in Boy Scouts, when we'd establish camp, we would always go out and dig a latrine 
That's where you went to the bathroom. Yeah, so what an appropriate... Um, <laughs> they turned their... Yeah. Yeah, place to take a dump. Um, chapters 11 through 14. At this point, like, we, we've had kings of Israel die. We've had kings of Judah die. We've had intermarriage. We've had, you know, times of uniting. There's kind of like... The, the It's almost like the lines are blurred. Like, are these mm-hmm. two kingdoms? Are they one kingdom? Mm-hmm. And really, these chapters serve to show us that, like, there's still a distinction between Israel in the north. Right. Judah in the south. In the south. Um, so in the south, that the, the capital or the place of worship is Jerusalem where the right. temple is. In the north, it's Samaria where they've built two temples. Each one's got some golden calf. Yeah. Um, but in chapter 12, there's a breath of fresh air with mm-hmm. Jehoash. Mm-hmm. What, tell me about jo- Jehoash. Yeah, well, and you, I love these. They, they, the commentary from the writer of uh, Kings, and he says that, that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Yeah, and so so this point with Israel, there's about 20, 20 kings that we'll have in Israel. Do you know how many of them did what was right in the sight of the Lord? Zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. And then Judah, it's almost half. Yeah. Not quite, but almost yeah. half of them. And so we have a breath of fresh air with Jehoash. Mm-hmm. In chapter 13, we, we get bad news. Elisha, that's where he, he, he dies. Yeah, so um, he's got a grave. Apparently the grave's open. Someone accidentally throws in a dead body in the wrong grave. And what happens? And he is when he hits the bones of Elisha, he comes back to life. Yeah. So, still God's power is still so strong <laughs> there. Um, and which would be another good song lyric. Yeah. That we might St- have. Steve Furtick. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, so yeah. So just, these are the, yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to try to sing today on the podcast. In chapter 14, there's another breath of fresh air with Amaziah. So he becomes king. He does what's right. In the sight of the Lord, um, he's ruling in Judah, mm-hmm. but um, but in Israel, so there's a good king in Judah. But what yeah. about what happens in Israel? Uh, an, again, another evil king. Yeah. So if you're reading through First and Second Kings and you're getting lost, is this king in Israel? Is this king in Judah? How many kings are there? Um, if if you put me on the spot and maybe take a test on this, I'd fail it. <laughs> yeah. And so it's so pretty obscure. Yeah. So don't don't stress out too much yeah. if you're because I'm struggling to keep track of all sure. this stuff too. And sometimes it like it mention one, then it'll come back and mention it again. It's like so the timelines are right. Yeah. All so off. There's probably a few history buffs out there that you know they're all like they're into the the royal families and you know in England and track they can keep up with that and they can track with this. But I think when I read it and I you see, you know, this king did what was right in the sight of the Lord, or this king did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And you, you see these, you know, how these different people are making these choices. And I think there's a, you know, a devotional application there of saying, man, I, Lord, I want to do what's right in your sight yeah. from there. And so you That's can, good. I think you can be encouraged in that. So at the end of chapter 14 is there's an evil king mm-hmm. in Israel. He gets confronted by who? Jonah. So we'll read about Jonah. <laughs> yes. The same Jonah? Yeah, same guy. Same guy that got swallowed by the big fish. So so Jonah kind of comes onto the scene here, and he gets a whole, he has a whole book that yep. we'll read later. That gets us to chapters 15 and 16. Kings are coming and going. Um, Azariah is a good one. So is Jotham. Um, we read about a few good kings, but but they have this, this kind of each of these good kings, they keep making the same mistake. What do they do? They still, they leave the high places, which were, that's a reference to the places where people would go up on a mountain and they would worship Baal and other gods. Yeah. So it's like all these, these false gods still have a, still have a foot in the life of Israel and mm-hmm. Judah. Yeah. They and, wouldn't um, totally get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. And so it's almost like, um, f- let's say that I had a struggle with, 
with alcohol or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, Hey, this is running my life. And, and you're like, you should just take it out of your house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I was going to leave some in the cabinet. It's like, it's kind of like that. Yeah. That leaving that, that foot, mm-hmm. um, could, could mess me up. And so, so they keep just allowing this presence of false worship to, to be there, which is a temptation, which keeps. Yeah. It's just astray. Yeah. Good. It's a good lesson in that. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Jehu. Mm-hmm. God promised him that he would he would have someone on the throne for four generations. Yeah, um, we we see Zechariah being the last one mm-hmm. um, of that. But then we we meet Ahaz. Yeah, good or bad? He's bad. He's bad. One of the first things we read about him is what? And well, he uh, he burns his son as an offering. So he's going yeah. like they would sacrifice children to Molech. He's he's doing child sacrifice. One of the things that the Canaanites were known for. Yeah, God was like, I want to get the Canaanites out of the land yeah. and their practices out of the land. And now we have this guy literally King reinstituting their bringing them back. something, one of the most evil things that they did. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one of his downfalls, not only was the child sacrifice, but he just doesn't trust God. Yeah. And so instead of seeking protection from God, who does he seek protection? He goes from? to the King of Assyria. Yeah. And it's almost mm-hmm. like a, a mob boss, like the Assyria is kind of the bully, mm-hmm. the, the world power bully, and um, they're and they're paying Assyria off to just not bully them, yeah. and also to quote protect them, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So he's he's trusting more in the power of Assyria than he is the power of God. Mm. And um, and then at this point, Judah's just been hanging on by a thread. Like Israel's just done for. Yeah. Um, but Judah's kind of there, but they're not doing too much better than right. than Israel up in the north. Then chapter seventeen. Yeah, yeah, it's a big one for it's Israel. A huge one, and it's also just for understanding the storyline of Scripture. Like this is one of the the biggest parts of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. About seven twenty two BC, um, what did the Syrians do? They conquered Israel, yeah, and they took all the people that were living there and um, and put them out into new new lands, um, and they brought in foreigners to live in those towns. And so it's it's the way that they would destabilize a nation. And then and make it so that they could continue. It was a, an effective subjugation tool. Yeah. To so that. both both we'll see both Israel and Judah go into exile, but kind of a specific type of exile. This is is, is known as the Syrian dispersion. They're mm-hmm. dispersing everybody away from their homeland and then bringing people to reinhabit. Mm-hmm. So um, the capital of Israel was what, or the the place of worship Samir- in Samaria. Samaria. So in the New Testament, we'll read about Samaritans, like the Good Samaritan. That's like an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Jesus at the well with a Samaritan woman. It was right. it was scandalous in multiple ways. One, he's talking to a woman, but not only also a woman, a Samaritan. but and tons of animosity between yeah Samaritans. And, and Jews. so, at one point in John eight, they're like, "Are we not right to say that you are a Samaritan that you have a demon?" Like that's like a racial slur. And so, mm-hmm. so as you read the New Testament, you might be wondering, "What is this? Like, why is the Samaritan so bad?" And so, what happened is when the Syrians took all the people out mm-hmm. and new people came in. Well, eventually we'll get to Persia, and Persia allows Israelites to return. So they go back to their homes and it's like, well, someone's living here. Right. And instead of like, and she's kind of cute. Yeah. So (laughs) so instead of like maintaining a a returning to the land and maintaining a a purity to worshiping God, they, they intermarry, they become like half breeds. Uh And so they're, 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 they're not, they, they're this, a whole place that's not known as being fully faithful to God, but being like half breeds, half, half. The worship has been, been distorted, but, and then there's also the, the ethnic difference there. And so there's some, there's some racism on the part of the Jews. Yeah. But that it all, so all the Samaritan 
language we read about and see that kind of it's talked about negatively in the New goes Testament back to this. goes back to this chapter. So yep. that's a good thing to understand mm-hmm. with that. And um, so chapters 18 through 20, um, or anything else on the Syrian dispersion? Mm, that, no, I think that's, that's it. That's, yeah. that's helpful. 18 through 20, we meet King Hezekiah. Yes. Good or bad? He's good. I like Hezekiah. Yeah. Tell, tell, Bill, tell, tell us a little bit about Hezekiah. So um, we've met other good kings uh, up to this point, but he is probably, he might be the best. He's referred to like, he's like David. Yeah. And he does, and he even, you know, does some wonderful things. He removes the high places. Which That's no one what, else has done to this yeah. point. He goes after it to the, you know, says, man, we're going to get this place. This land is going to be set apart for God. Yeah. Does that. So, so, um, uh, so Assyria has conquered Israel in the north, mm-hmm. Hezekiah's in Judah. Yeah. So now Assyria's coming after them, mm-hmm. and the the king of Assyria is basically like mocking. Yeah. Mock, he's like he's like I'll give you two two thousand horses if you even <laughs> if have enough guys, guys to ride them to ride them. <laughs> yeah. And he's like he's like all, all the other gods in any nation I've conquered have been able to stand against me. Like so, are you about to say that your God's going to deliver you? Mm-hmm. So he's mocking God. Yeah. And um, and how many people are in Assyria? Well, there's a, there's the armies. There's 185,000. And apparently Hezekiah doesn't even have 2,000. Yeah. And so who shows up? It's a hopeless situation, but the Lord shows up. Isaiah. Yeah. And Isaiah comes (laughs) to prophesy. Yeah. We meet Isaiah. Yeah. Um, and basically what, what happens with these, with these so, 2000 versus 185,000. Yeah, so people. he, pro- Isaiah prophesies that they're, that God's going to deliver Judah and the angel of the Lord goes out and he strikes them down. It's, and it's incredible. There's actually, there's a poem, um, it's called the destruction of Sennacherib by Lord Byron, uh, that if you want to Google that and look it up, it's pretty cool. Well, say say it one more time. Describe, it's I, called I missed it. The destruction of Sennacherib by, uh, Lord Byron. He describes this moment. It's a, Famous poem yeah. uh, about God's victory over 185,000 yeah. Assyrians. What's really cool is like in Assyrian history, like their historians record this event. Yeah. And obviously they're not saying the angel of the Lord. They're trying to make up another reason for it. But they're they're not denying that this is a historical battle. Mm-hmm. They're not denying that they lost all these men. They're just conflicting in, in how they believe they lost the men. But either way, mm-hmm. like this is a, the, we see scripture aligning with other historical events of right. this time, which I think is, should build confidence yeah. for us in scripture yeah. that, it, that it's, it's Historicity. not just a, yeah, it's a historically rooted religion, not a, not just a fairy tale. Yeah. Um, That's great. And and, and obviously the story is he, Hezekiah doesn't do, he, just, he prays and asks God, um, but it's the Lord that brings the victory yeah. for him. So it's encouraging. So one, one more thing on Hezekiah. I mean, this is so cool. Yeah. If you ever go to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. a must it's it's not like a it's not a standard part of tours, but if you can add it on, add it on. You can walk through the tunnel of Hezekiah. So he dug a tunnel to the water source. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, you had a secret way to get from the city of David to the to the water source. So when Assyria surrounded them, they're basically thinking they 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 talked about how they had Israel caged like a bird, mm-hmm. and they basically thought we're going to wait them out. They don't have any. They don't have any ability to get water. Right. And um, and so they're thinking they're going to die. They'll have to come out. And they never did. And, and the reason why Israel was able to live, because they literally had access to water uh, from the tunnel the that tunnel Hezekiah built 3,000 years ago. And to yeah. this day, you can walk through those tunnels. Like, and you meet, walked through it, Yeah, right? walked through it. Yeah. I've, I've walked through it. Was there meet, water still? Yeah, water's flowing through it. Yeah. You're, you're walking through it, shin, shin high water. Uh-huh. Um, but like, as you're walking through these tunnels, you're like, people from 3,000 years ago uh-huh. <laughs> during the reign of Hezekiah walked through these same tunnels. Wow. And also when, um, it was kind of cool when, when, um, when 
the Romans conquered the temple in 70 AD and completely decimated it, mm-hmm. um, like people escaped through those tunnels as well. So like, mm-hmm. so we see like later after Jesus' time, people escaping yeah, through these tunnels. Them. But yeah, so wow. but just cool. Like yeah, it is. Thanks, Hezekiah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but then in chapter 20, Hezekiah gets sick. Right. He's just tear, tearful. Mm-hmm. And what is what happens? And so he prays and he asks God, you know, would you, would you extend my life? And God answers his prayer yeah. and gives him 15 more years to live. Then that's great. 15 more years. But what happens in those 15 years? That's kind of like a womp womp. <laughs> well, he invites this, these people from this nation of Babylon to come and uh, see everything. And he shows them all the wealth uh, that he has everything and, um, and yeah, so Syrians are the, the dominant world power. Mm-hmm. Babylon, they're kind of a nobody at this point, maybe rising a little mm-hmm. bit. They didn't, he, he wasn't afraid to show them everything. He's like, Look at all this gold, yeah. And Isaiah gets word, and what's Isaiah say? You're you fool, <laughs> yeah. They're gonna <laughs> they, they're come gonna back one day and take it all, yeah. Um, so then chapters 21 through 23, mm-hmm. um, we we get this guy named Manasseh or Manasseh. Um, Ahaz was super bad. Mm-hmm. How bad is is this guy? I I would. He's really bad, and he's really the the straw that breaks the camel's back. He's the final. It's like God is like I'm done. Yeah, after, super with, evil. With child sacrifices. Yeah, I mean he a, reestablishes a lot of cult activity. Yeah, he's reestablishing all the all the necromancers and mm, yeah, just messed up. But then, um, so God's done. He's like I'm I'm done with Judah. But before before. There's no turning back at this point. God's done, but we mm-hmm. get this one last picture of this guy that's awesome, Josiah. Mm-hmm. How old is he when he yeah. takes over? So Josiah's eight. Is that right? Yeah, he's like yeah. eight years old. Then in the 18th year, like someone finds something. What do they find? They're working in the temple and they find the book of the law. Maybe it's just Deuteronomy uh, at that point. But they they're like, here's this, here's the scriptures. Yeah. <laughs> and then they they read it. He like tears his clothes. Like we've been not doing anything right. Yes. Yeah. And and, and so he leads like a mini revival. Right. Yeah, spurred on by the word of God, rediscovering the word of God and yeah. reading that. Uh, and then he tears down the idols, and he does something that apparently none of the other kings, that they had not been practicing Passover. Yeah. So I yeah, I, was, I hadn't... So he reestablishes Passover? Yeah. Um, and so so he's just, he's a great king. Great king. Yeah. Uh, whenever you think about just like the gift we have in God's word, um, mm-hmm. I, I love this story just to, to read and to reflect on of just the passion they had. I, I like this story of Josiah. Mm-hmm. And also when we get to, um, to Nehemiah mm-hmm. and, um, when they, when they rebuild the walls and they, mm-hmm. they read the word of God, everyone stands. It's like a eight hour sermon. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. The word of God. And it reminded me of Deuteronomy 17, where they talked about how the, the King was made, he, that he was supposed to copy out the law and read it all, you know, regularly so that it would keep him on track. Yeah. And that's what it does for, for this King. Yeah. So then in 24 and 25, about 100 years have, have passed since the Assyrian dispersion. Mm-hmm. Um, Israel's fallen. They're in exile. But at this point, we see the Babylonians become the next world power, yeah. and they conquer and Judah. Judah. And so now Israel has been conquered by the Assyrians in the north. Judah in the south has been conquered by the Babylonians, mm-hmm. and they completely destroy the temple in yeah. different ways they take people captive. So it's the Babylonian captivity. So they take people prisoner. Guys like Daniel mm-hmm. um, and others are just taken out of the land. There's are a few like just people that aren't aren't really worth much, I guess, to to the the Babylonians that they leave behind. Mm-hmm. And basically, they they peace out and they go to Egypt. They're like, mm-hmm. we're out of here. So just Israel's left. Yeah, it's decimated, yeah. and it's just, it's a really just a, a sad sad moment. 
And when we think about the heights of David's reign and, and Solomon, and now we've seen everything, this is where it's all just. Yeah. So before we get into the questions and shadows, mm-hmm. any, any, uh, any other, other thoughts, thoughts on, on that? In second Kings? Yeah. It's, um, no, I think we're good. Yeah. So I think, I think if I was, if you're, man, the life of Elisha is worth reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading about Hezekiah and Josiah is worth reading. Yes. All of it's worth reading, but those are some, some of the highlights, highlights for me. Pay attention to those moments. Yeah. yeah. So some of the questions, um, not a lot of questions coming in these days. <laughs> I think people are just like, I'm so far behind. <laughs> but, um, and as often as we tell people, just jump ahead. Just they're people, okay. like, people are like, no, I've got to do it. And they just don't. So like, yeah. Just if you've if you've said you're going to catch up seven times, and you haven't, and you're like you're refusing to jump ahead, just hit fast forward and come just, on. Hey, get rid of that pride. God. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You will, humble yourself before be, the Lord. We're going to keep reading through the Bible a lot over the years, yeah. so you'll get come back on. to it. Yeah. So one of the questions though was, hey, there's like a bunch of times we hear about the books of the chronicles of the kings of Judah, the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. And so the question was, is this the same as first our, and second chronicles? chronicles like, so is first chronicles like the book of Judah is the second chronicles of king? Is, right. Like, it's you know, not. It's not. not. Yeah. There were some, there were some other books that were written that, that the writer knew about, but they're not existent anymore. So yeah. not our chronicles that we have. Yeah. So, so those are different and yeah, they're, they're lost. So yeah. we don't know where they are. Um, another question was why would God kill the 50 boys? They said, try to try to add some color to that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, any other questions that came in for you? No, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Um, I do think something I saw was interesting from the, the ESV gospel transformation Bible when it was talking about just like the, some of the events recorded in first and second Kings um, seem overly harsh. Mm. And, um, and I, I love what it says. It says we may cringe when we read that the Lord was willing to kill more than 500 men just to prove that he was the one true God. But these events make an important point. The recognition of the one true God is a matter of life and death. Yeah. So these temporal consequences are severe. Like, so we're not trying to say that this seems severe, harsh, like definitely. Yeah. But the eternal consequences of false religion, the eternal consequence of rejecting the true God is far more severe. Mm. And so, so this is actually God's um, displaying mercy By to showing us to yeah. his people in the nations. Yeah. yeah. All right, so some shadows of Jesus. Where, where did you mm-hmm. see kind of Jesus so, foreshadowed yeah, so in Second Kings? Definitely in Elisha. Yeah, we, anytime we see a prophet, we know Jesus is the greater prophet and the resurrection of the woman's son. So we, we saw it with, with Elijah mm-hmm. and now Elisha. So like uh, raising... Raising the dead. Uh, that's raising, connecting yeah, raising, us raising to a, Jesus. A, a woman's son. Uh, Elisha feeds 100 men and they've got plenty of leftover Jesus feeds 5,000 with leftovers. Yeah, and 4,000. So you, yeah. Jesus feeds Jews and Gentiles. Miraculous and so, yeah, provision. So we see that provision. Mm-hmm. Um, what, we talked about the liquid for the yeah. woman not to have her, her kids sold into slavery. Right, you made plenty of oil for her. And then, a little uh, bit of oil turned into a lot of oil. Right, and then Jesus. A little bit of water. A lot of wine. A lot of wine. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we see him... Um, and they are, they both heal lepers. Yeah. So um. So we see we see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. What about so what about the the dead bones of Elisha? Right. The, the grave. The person goes into the grave with that with the prophet, and then he's he's resurrected. Yeah, so his death brings about new life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the, that's my favorite mm-hmm. shadow of Jesus is that now the death of Christ um, brings, brings about eternal life. And so Jesus is the greater resurrection from the grave. Right. right. Um. 
one other shadow mm-hmm. that us that was interesting is just there you see this this phrase for the sake of my servant David. So mm-hmm. we saw it a few times in First Kings, we see it three times in Second Kings, but for the sake of my servant David, like God would spare them and show them mercy, mercy based off of the merits, not for yeah. what they had done, but what yeah David had done. Right. And so for us, like our only hope is for God to sh- to treat us according to the merits of a greater David. Yes. King Jesus. Yes. There's yeah. been a there's been a great exchange. <laughs> yeah. With that. So any other thoughts on first first and second Kings? The um you know, you see the you do see the the it's it's uh, sobering to see the consequences when they because God he told them and he said, follow me, you know, stay in the word and I'm going to direct you guys and, and it's going to go well for you. And then they turn to idols. They keep turning back. They won't destroy the high places and it keeps coming back and getting them. And now, and we see the final consequences yeah. of that. And so it, it definitely, it shows us, man, humanity is, we're, we're, that's just the direction we turn in. Um, but it just set, it sets us up to say, well, what is God going to do? Uh, what does he do in response to our failings um, and to our sin and, you know, and Isaiah is obviously we're going into Isaiah and he's going to be getting into, here's the destruction coming, but here's behold, I make all things new. Yeah. And so as we've been reading Kings, all right, so there's the Assyrian dispersion, mm-hmm. the Babylonian captivity, those things together are known as the exile. Mm-hmm. So prophets um, who aren't like fortune tellers, they, they do tell some things that'll happen in the future, but their, their primary responsibility was to remind people of the covenant they had made mm-hmm. and to call people back to covenant faithfulness. Come on. So there are prophets pre-exile. Mm-hmm. So we read in first and second Kings before there are prophets during exile mm-hmm. and there are prophets post exile. And so as we get into the prophets like Isaiah and others, we're going to, maybe we can try to align, yeah. Hey, as you read first and second Kings, like this is where this prophet would fall yes. in line yeah. with this. So, we'll, so these prophets are going to be writing to some of the situations we've already read about, mm-hmm. um, but calling Israel back to covenant faithfulness. And so mm-hmm. yeah. next week we'll, we'll be jumping into Isaiah. Isaiah. So Sounds good. Thanks for hanging and yeah. we'll see you guys next week. All right.